millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Who are they exactly? So, a very good evening to you, and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. My name is Louis Mendes. We're coming to you live from the Valley. Uh, we're going to be looking back at yesterday's one-all draw uh, in our first ever league meeting with Accrington Stanley. Joining me uh, here in the studio at the Valley to do just that is Mr. Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? Living a dream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just fr- freshly back from uh, from Leeds. I yeah, think. a couple of yeah, a couple of hours ago. Yeah, or three o'clock. Nice night out in Leeds. I only, only, only went for a curry and end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought. I'd, yeah, yeah, it was all. Right. Managed to stay out of trouble. Yes. Good. Yeah. Good to hear. Excellent. And uh, <laughs> also joining the pair of us. Uh, making his first appearance of the season is Lewis Cat. How are you doing, Lewis? Yeah, not bad, mate. Yeah, you, you got you got back from Accrington sort of yesterday. So you're, yesterday, yeah, yeah solid like, five-hour drive. So yeah, worth every worth every worth every every minute. Yeah, yeah every, every uh, penny of uh, petrol money, <laughs> of course. So on tonight's show, we will look back at yesterday's 
uh, one or draw, like I said, up at the Crown Ground uh, with Fleet uh, with, with Fleetwood with Atkinson Stanley. There's so many little teams in our division now. I just oh. forget which one's which, oh. including ourselves in that, unfortunately. Um, uh, we'll hear from uh, Lee Boyer. He had uh, plenty to say after yesterday's game. Clearly uh, wasn't too happy. I also want to hear from you guys as well, whether you're at the game or whether you just followed it on uh, online or on, on, on Valley Pass or whatnot. Uh, let us know what you made of the performance uh, and of the result, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. You can have your say on the game. Also, on you know anything you want to talk about Charlton related. We're still in the loan windows. Or any players you've got your eye on that you hope will come in. Uh, the takeover still hasn't happened, and it doesn't seem to be any closer. If you want to air your frustrations about that, you can do so. And also, uh, you may have noticed uh, in the ground yesterday, if you were there or online, I put up a, a photo of a banner that, that arrived in the ground just before kickoff yesterday, uh, held by the Trump fans. It said, EFL, so the English Football League, not fit for purpose. Uh, so I saw that banner. I wanted to find out why that banner was being waved. So I uh, rang up the person who waved it, Ben Hannum. Uh, I spoke to him uh, on the phone this afternoon. He was uh, part of the group that took the banner into the ground. So I wanted to find out why he was doing that. So we'll hear from him uh, later on in the show. Uh, but if you want to have your save, do you think the EFL could be doing better for, for Charlton in their current situation? Like I say, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. There's also a thread on the Charlton Live forum for tonight's show if you want to talk about anything uh, I've mentioned above. Before we, we hear the highlights of the game, Nath and Lewis, you were both there. Nath, first up, uh, come away from a, an away game with a point. You take that with you? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh, it was um, um... Lee Bayer wasn't happy, was he? No, no. I, like after that, I thought he was. Um, I thought he kept his cool quite well, considering because well, you, you could sense the rage. Yeah, definitely. I um, have to admit, and now I don't know if it's just I had much lower expectations <laughs> than everyone else, but. <laughs> I was at the game. I, was, I quite enjoyed going to a new ground. I thought, well, we've had a few chances. Disappointed we've thrown it away. But I was slightly surprised by how fuming Bowie was. But I mm. guess that's his mindset. Is we should be going to Accrington with all due respect yeah. to them. And he says that himself. But if we're going to be... Because I don't see us as promotion candidates, but Bowie does. So he's very disappointed that we haven't gone there and come out 3-4-0 winners. Yeah, because I said to Stubbers before the game, I said, I think we're going to win comfortably, comfortably today, which is obviously famous last words. But... I, I honestly thought the team that we we put out was strong enough to beat them. And I mean, you look at the first twenty minutes. You and when when you know when Carlin scored, I thought we was going to go on to do that. But yeah, I was. It was a nice experience in a way. Um, another tick off the another tick. Too, it's the first ground where I see houses as the other side of the ground. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I was a little bit angry. But at the same time, I don't think we you know we deserve to win it on the whole game. But yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a disappointment but um, but yeah I, I completely agree with what Bo said in his post-match Lewis, 100%. Do, you, do, you, do you come away from that thinking that we've dropped two points there? Absolutely yeah I was I was really disappointed yesterday actually with how we how we played um, you know to, especially to take the lead as well it just seemed that we never really got going yesterday lack of ideas you know no real plan B when it wasn't working we just so it's a bit stagnant, really, and like you say, all due respect to Atkinson, we should be going there and, and taking the three points, but mm. but we didn't yesterday. So, like I say, if you want to have your say on the game studio at charltonlive.co.uk, uh, you can tweet us at charltonlive, charltonlive thread. There's a uh, the charltonlive forum, even there's a thread on there for tonight's show. Let's have a listen to the highlights. Uh, yesterday's Valley Pass highlights, which were brought to you by uh, Greg Stubbley and our very own Nathan Muller. Clearance comes now to Bauer. Bauer now to Saar. Saar, lovely little dummy, advances forward with the ball, out left now to Page. Page on a run, adjacent to bounce here. Page crosses in, it's a decent ball. Carlin Grant is in, surely. 
It is, the referee's given it. Carlin Grant heads home off the underside of the bar, just over the line. A glorious ball in from Lewis Page. Finds the head of Carlin Grant, who gets his second in as many weeks. And Charlton 1-0 up here after 14 minutes. Yeah, delighted. Great, great ball from Lewis Page. But obviously, no, Carlin Grant, that is the... Uh, the, one, the result we said on Thursday was going to be it and he scored first he's been looking so promising all season and he's finally off the mark what a great header and what a great ball by Lewis it's the second ball where actually heads back towards Key Key lays it off to Finley it's a nice little football but that's a poor ball from Connolly and it comes to Grant Grant shooting opportunity again for Carlin Grant goes to goal oh. just wide Carlin Grant is another glorious chance the ball was intercepted by Soddy fell nicely to Grant who immediately looked to go for goal and just dragged his oh, shot on his right foot back out to his left Carlin Grant in the penalty area chips it in headed away as laps he was to it but it comes out to Prattley on the edge of the box goes to oh. goal and Taylor dies in almost gets on the end of it it's out wide in the end for a goal kick again Charlton with the pressure here Nathan pass out from the back and the goal kicks <laughs> pass short to Ripley and Hughes <laughs> sees the run of a substitute opts to try and pass it to him and then looks bemused as <laughs> as the run wasn't from Johnson was from the substitutes has gone out for a child throw and Hughes is almost <laughs> laughing that one off that might be captured by the sky cameras as well it comes out to McConville on the left hand side we'll look to try and take on Solly Solly just holds him up for the time being McConville chip ball into the box it's header from Key and it's just wide best chance of the game so far for Ackerton just before half time ball headed by Key just wide it's harmlessly over the bar in the end and that concludes the first half here at the Wham Stadium where Charlton go into the half time break with a 1-0 lead short ball to Lapsley again Lapsley short now to Billick Billick cuts inside works himself a bit of space great work from Billick now finds Lapsley Lapsley can run forward with the ball a bit Lapsley on a run still George Lapsley on the edge of the box left to Carlin Grant inside the penalty area Grant beats his man Grant 1-1 on one. oh it's oh. off the post and goes wide great we'll play. have to see it again but it certainly looked like Carlin Grant hit the post there could have made it too for Charles. left hand side Clark chips it down the line to Finley. Finley gets a bit of space Solly tries to retrieve him Solly closes him down Finley ball in the box back there's a great change from Saul comes back great save from Phillips Clark again is in third three bites of the cherry Atkinson John looked like they've done enough but it ball came back to Clark is able to finish past Phillips and Cholton throwing away a goal lead here the thought we got away with it with Dill saving it but I said that, we said that two minutes ago they're getting more space down this side and we're not dealing with it not dealing with it whatsoever Dill's made a good save and he just couldn't make up to the right and Finley Finley ball into the box towards Anzala at the back post heads wide peeled off of Chris Solly massive chance oh dear dear we need to wake up because there's only one team that's going to score and now Ackerton and a counter-attack McConville and Acres of space out on the left-hand side now to Clark Clark approaching the pounds here Clark onto his right foot goes to cast a tame effort and that's a huge huge let off for Charlton Carlin it will be Carlin Grant's going to step over it all wise on the Charlton youngster already scored today can he make it 2-1 Charlton in added time last minute goal last week can he do it again can you pin drop <laughs> all eyes on Carlin Grant steps up right footed waiting for the referee's whistle he blows Grant steps up it's goal bound oh. and just wide and that's the end of the match so there we go the highlights from Valley Pass 
uh, of a, a very disappointing, I guess, in the end point. Nearly nicked it at the end with uh, with Carlin's, Carlin's free kick, but it wasn't to be. I mean, overall, Lewis, do you think a, a draw was a fair result? Um, if anything, I, I was more worried that Accrington were going to nick it at the end. But um, yeah, I mean, away from home, you, you, you'd take a draw. But like we said just before the highlights, really... Um, and, uh, and Greg and Naif alluded to it in there that there was only really one team that were going to score in that second half in the end and it, it seemed to be that it was going to be Accrington so I probably would take a point going on that mm. I mean did you, we mentioned here sort of in jest after the Sunderland game Naif where we hope we're not going to become that team that is not clinical when they have their spells because we've been that team for years and years um, but that was what happened yesterday I think well, it was a slow start to be honest and I think Carlin's other than maybe one run down the left-hand side where Carlin won a free kick, the, the actual goal was pretty much our first chance, our first foray in, into, their, into their territory. But then we had a 10-15 minute spell, but we didn't take it. At the start of the second half, uh, there was a chance for Lewis Page, which uh, the commentary w- was, was cut off, so I didn't, didn't play that in the highlights that we had early. And then other than that shot from, from Carlin that hit the post, we really didn't show that much in the second half. No, we didn't. We didn't really show a lot, to be honest. Um found yesterday the ball wasn't sticking yesterday, which I think I think Taylor had a quiet game. Um, we just seemed to lack um, invention, should we say. There wasn't, there wasn't that con- that connect between the midfield and the attack yesterday for me. Because um, the, the only time we seem to be generating space is when we get, when Kyle and I drops deep and just runs at the, runs at the defence. And that was, the, I think, the disappointing thing yesterday. But if we don't, obviously I think Bose knows that that's where obviously our trouble lies is finishing chances because like you say last year what was the word ruthless we said that how many times we said last year it's the same same old story so we need to need to start being you know more productive and more efficient um in the final third if we're if if we're going to go to go up like Bose obviously believes that we are going to do mm, I mean uh, we looked at the team news when it came out uh, before kickoff there's only only the one change but Christian Billick on loan from Arsenal came straight in into the the three five two Marshall uh, was the one who was dropped, wasn't he? I made that up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so um, uh, were, were you surprised by that? Was that what you were hoping to see? Um, well, no, yeah, because Billick's good on the ball. Um, I knew he wasn't going to last a full ninety because he hasn't played in a while. Um, but I, like I said earlier, I was I was quite com- comfortable in thinking that we were going to be two two up by the time we could take him off, which wasn't the case, but. Like I said, the team that we had out was more than good enough to beat Accrington Stanley. That's no, not saying that they're rubbish or you know they are what they are and they play a certain way. But we should have performed a lot better than we actually did, and we didn't. And you can't get away from that. Mm. I mean, the 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 three five two formation has obviously worked well at times for us this season. So you, you there was no reason not to deploy it yesterday, was there? No, I mean I was a bit cautious to be honest because I I thought and it, it came out from the game that we we seemed to struggle quite a bit against their two wide men against mm. Clark and uh, McConville was it McConville on the other yeah. side well, they seemed to sort of catch us a little bit I mean Paige dealt with it quite well but the, it's Solly on that side I'm not too sure Solly well I, the, I guess when, when you are playing a three five two then that just leaves your wing backs are the only person on that side of the mm. pitch for you so whereas in a four four two if Solly's struggling or if or if Paige was struggling his midfielder would be there to try and cover him. But I mean, just looking at the goal, the equaliser, Solly had to come out to try and attack the ball in midfield. Couldn't get there, and it was over his head. And all of a sudden, the guy's got a free run at the edge of the box. And then we we talked about it on Thursday. You know, the BBC Radio Lancashire guy we had on Thursday show said that they're strong from the whip. So that did have us slightly worried. But I mean, 
should we have changed? I mean, because uh, should we have done something different? I yeah, I, I think so. Because I mean, look, Souls isn't going to be. See, you've got what you've got. Page on one side, and he can offer you the attacking intent, which Souls probably can't. And like you say, one v one, what they were doing, they were keeping their two wingers high up the pitch, and then they're always going to be one v one against our wing backs. So then, what you're going to have to rely on, you're going to have to rely on Joe, Darren, and possibly Christian Billick in obviously the first half they're, kind of, they're being dragged out of position but we wasn't doing it so like you say how many times in that second half was our left our right hand side exposed because he was just having the run on Solly every single time mm, and there was no one there and so. there was no one there but then no. it goes back to the point we we should change it but how are you going to change it when you when again Bo looks behind him and says pants again do you know what I mean <laughs> I'm going to say that every week until we, <laughs> until, until we get more players in. Because he can't, I mean, he had to bring Maloney on because of Bellic. But what else could he do? You know, mm. I, mean, I feel sorry for him because that game was calling out for a change. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, the only change we made before that was Lapsley came off, didn't he? For, yeah. uh, was that, that was That's for Marshall. For Marshall yeah. And that was with about 15 minutes left. So it wasn't actually that, that long before we conceded. So I wonder if when that happened, do you think we had actually tried to switch it up to a four? I'm not sure. But mm. Well, he came on at the left at the beginning, didn't he, mm. Marshall? And then he sort of came out to give Solly a bit of cover and then and then that didn't, obviously didn't work. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it is what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you, um, you, you, you go into any game, you sort of look at the opening exchanges, see two teams feeling each other out. But I think it's fair to say that Accrington weren't afraid to have a little bit of possession at the start. And, I mean, they didn't have much to show for us, just that a long shot from Johnson that, that was fairly comfortable for Dylan after a couple of minutes. But they certainly came out with intent, didn't they? They did, yeah. I mean, being, it's probably a big fixture for them, to be honest. You know, it's their you know, first season up in, the, up in the third tier, and they were up for it, obviously, against a, a big side. Um, and yeah, they came out, played with a bit of confidence. Um, got undone by our goal, obviously, but they they never really looked um, like we were going to dominate them. We, they looked like they were pretty comfortable, um, mm. which you know probably again goes back to the fact that we we were playing a certain way. It maybe wasn't the best way we could have played mm. uh, against them. Yeah, but I mean, so so when when we scored the goal, it did feel slightly against the run of play for me. Um, it was a lovely, lovely goal for superb work from Naby Saad. Good jinking run, got towards halfway. Give it to Page, who had a lot of space to run into because we're sort of on a counter attack and they were still coming back. And Page's cross for that goal was just absolutely. There's no way that Carlin could have missed that. It was such a perfect cross. I would have scored that if I had that sort of delivery. Uh, Carlin, who's banging form at the moment, headed it. I mean, he got it. It was just one of those ones where it hit. So, for where we were sitting in the commentary position, we had a very good view of it side on. And you saw it hit the bar and just bounce over the line and then come out and you're like, oh, just visions of Lampard against uh, <laughs> against Germany back in the World Cup back in the day. But the linesman was, was right on top of it and gave it. And, you know, I mean, first of all, let's talk about that cross from Pagey. Oh, yeah, unbelievable cross. He was my man of match yesterday. Um, I think the, the cross... Um, especially, I mean, you're going to... I mean, imagine if we had that sort of delivery last year when Josh was in there, do you know what I mean? Mm. But... Obviously, Page was he started the he's he's I, I feel good for Page because he I thought he was so unlucky when he first came he got injured straight away, um, and then he obviously came back and had that world here against Plymouth and it's nice now he's getting a run of games and people can actually see what he actually brings to the mm-hmm. team which is which is good because he's not just a, a def- he's good defensively and he's obviously as you can see he was a great sort of outlet on the left hand side and it was a wonderful cross but um, I was more surprised Carlin used his head. <laughs> more than anything to be honest but um, yeah they all count well, yeah, so he's good he's got against uh, both his goals so far this season have come with his head of course yeah. after, after the win against Shrewsbury but it's great to see Carl and now you know we started to get a couple of goals this sort of in October-ish last, last season for, uh, for for us and we went on loan and got an absolute hat for Crawley 
Uh, so it's good to see that he's continuing that form into this new season. Absolutely. It's, it's, he's, I've been really impressed with him, to be honest with you, um, all the way through. The Sunderland game, I thought he looked really lively. Um, again, to get that last the last-minute goal against Shrews as well. But yesterday, he seemed to be like the only person that I looked at and thought maybe he'd nick something or if he was going to get us that second goal. I thought it would come from Carlin. He, he's got like a, a ridiculous um, electrifying pace on the ball and he, he seems to be able to not be one of those guys that just can, runs so fast that the ball is miles away from them they can't control it. He seems to be the guy that keeps it close to his feet. He looks threatening, uh, wants to make things happen. I don't know whether maybe he could have squared it to Lyle Taylor when he hit the post in the, mm, in the second yeah, half. Yeah, but about that. Um, <laughs> it was a... Was, yeah, he's he's impressed me so far, and it's nice to see because he came in at a difficult time um, under Bob Peters, probably a little bit too early, and he's sort of been in and out and on and off the bench between that. And I think the loan spell at Crawley's done him a, a world of good. Yeah, and no, so, so once we vegged ourselves ahead, and like we say, it was a little bit against the run of play, but then any goal like that can really stop a team in its tracks. And it happened to Shrewsbury here last week. You know, they'd started the second half very brightly, but we scored, and then they. It took a knock to their confidence, and it took them ten, fifteen minutes to to regain themselves. So it's, it's similar yesterday. Like once we got our noses in front, then we looked like a team who was actually going to go and try and kill them off a bit. And we saw we saw a couple of chances that Carlin again had that shot from outside the area. It's very direct, Carlin. I always find he, he always seems to go for it. And then we had that Prattley effort that, that Taylor couldn't quite get on. But this is what, so. This is now when you're looking at the, the 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 time you're on top, you've got to be going for that killer second, really. Yeah, you, and they're, they're the sort of like you say the exact moments in games where you obviously get another goal and you make it a little bit more comfortable yourself because if we went 2-0 let's say you know Carlin scored that, that goal on the edge of the box it was 2-0 Accrington got to come out of their shells a little bit more because I thought when we was pressing them high I thought we were fairly comfortable because all they had to do is they we were pressing them high they had to go long Billy Key wasn't going to out jump any of those back three so we were cleaning up all day long and then we sort of just we we didn't take our chances which is the same old story, and then it's come to bite us in the bum again. Mm. Uh, yeah, so after we had those couple of chances I just listed, I mean, it did, it did sort of, other than the hilarious moment where the defender <laughs> tried to pass it out to the... the, the, the you're still laughing now, no? Oh, that killed me. Uh, it's, it's just like, <laughs> the, uh, the, so the defender had the ball, I think he got it from the goal kick, and then there was substitutes warming up and down, clearly in, like, bibs. Like, there was no way you, they, you'd think they were wearing a red shirt, they had a beard and jumper and whatnot warming up and down in front of us and the the ball's been played towards one of them I mean to give the defender his due if that guy was on the pitch that would have been a perfect pass to feet and kept his run going but unfortunately for him he wasn't playing and it rolled straight out so that was, that was nice to see uh, but other than that it really wasn't there really wasn't much in the first half I think Atkinson sort of started to regain a little bit of a foothold as, as we approached the end and Billy Key had that chance just for half time uh, I mean, probably it's fair to say half time came just about at the right time for us, just as Atkinson looked to be building up a bit of a head of steam. Yeah, definitely. I think that's been the story the last couple of weeks as well. We've seemed to really come off the gas towards the latter stages of the first half, and it looks like we've been quite grateful to get the half time whistle uh, and, and get in and sort of regroup. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what happened really with all of that. I don't know why we seem to run out of steam in the first mm. half, whether it was fatigue or whatever, but. We could easily oh, yeah. be, I guess, because if you think about the, the the fact that the players know there's not a great deal on the bench, it might be a mental thing. They're thinking, I'm getting a bit tired now. If they're thinking, oh, I, I might only have to do 20 minutes in the second half, they'll think, I'll give a bit more here. But maybe they are just sort of tailing off, just a, just a theory. I mean, at the start of the second half, we did have that one chance. I'd say Pagey, again, I think wing-backs, playing as a wing-back rather than a full-back certainly seems to be something that he's quite happy to do because he was getting getting up and down outside Lapsley uh, on the overlap in that early stage of that second half. Now, uh, you were behind the goal, Lewis. You probably had a bit... I mean, he went. He looked like he went for goal from where we were. 
um, and, and was repelled. I mean, was there any better options in the middle? I couldn't really see from where we were. Well, I, I thought he maybe could have got it across to Lyle Taylor, and I think Taylor's reaction sort of said said it all. But, um, I mean, he definitely went for goal. It was unlucky, but maybe Taylor was the better option. But whether the defender could have got in front of Taylor and nothing would have come of it, I, I don't really know. I think maybe you, you can't be too mad at him for giving it a go. Um, mm. I thought Taylor was a bit off the mark yesterday. I think the way... He seemed to be a bit rattled early on by a couple of challenges and a couple of decisions. I think the way the way he was playing yesterday, I think if Carlin had a square, he probably would have put it over the bar. <laughs> yeah, uh, Taylor actually got, he got into a little bit of uh, a... Well, he just made a funny noise at the crowd, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Nearby, well, after he got taken out and he, he wanted a foul, uh, the referee gave him nothing and he moaned. Obviously, the Atkinson fans near where we were sat Gave him a bit back and he just went, ooh! Like this was quite funny. Uh, but so maybe maybe that was affecting him. The, 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 maybe he felt he wasn't quite getting what he wanted from the referee after a bit of a physical battle. And then, of course, he, he had a yellow card given against him. In the, I think it was in the first half where he, he just went up to challenge for a header. Uh, the referee saw enough in, in the challenge there to, to, to give the, the, the yellow card. Um, as the, after, like I say, after that pagey chance, then it really was a bit of a, lull in the game in terms of, I think I imagine Atkinson were quite happy just to try and keep it a one for a little while just before they, they started to have a bit of an onslaught as, as the game continued but Charlton really came off the gas as that half progressed and we weren't really seeing the goal scoring chances that we'd seen in that 5-10 minutes spell in the first half No and uh, Atkinson done what they had to do they wanted to make it into a bitty sort of physical game which is how they play which is fair enough and we, we let them do that um, I thought at times we let them bully us a little bit um, and we didn't move the ball quick enough. So when we move the ball quick, we we can cut, you know open teams up. Um, but we didn't do that enough, um, like we did for the Shrewsbury game. The first game we didn't do it. The first half we didn't do it. And for p- large parts of yesterday, we didn't do it again. So it's disappointing because we could actually if we if we move the ball quicker. When like, again, Joe Reba had a good game yesterday, but I don't think he got on the ball enough or the movement around him to sort of supplement him. So. Yeah, they made it a physical game, and um, and yeah, they were just in the ascendancy, so it was just disappointing. You, know, you talk about Ariba, there was one, there was one a couple of spells in the first half where he got the ball in, in a really tight area, mm. and that's yeah, that's what you expect when you get mm. towards the edge of the box. The Aquitan players are going to be on top of you, but once or twice, a nice bit of footwork sort of opened it up for it. But I guess as you say, like not not enough really for for Charlton. Maybe maybe it wasn't he wasn't getting enough of the ball. Yeah, he weren't getting enough of the ball, and I think it was the the people around him as well. I mean. There was a couple of times where he got in tight areas and he's gone out to Page and so on and so forth. But I don't, I don't. For me, I don't think the wing back system worked yesterday. Mm. Uh, for me, it wasn't as good as it worked up in Sunderland because it obviously was magnificent up there. But um, yeah, it was it was disappointing. But you know, Joe's going from strength to strength for every game he mm. plays. There was a muted appeals for handball for a penalty for Accrington where it hit a rebo. I have to admit, I didn't actually see it. So anything in it? No, I can't remember, can you? No. no, no. Then, now this is a good point from Nick Hannam, uh, who, who just tweeted in. So, basically, uh, Richard Everton got, got booked for a challenge on uh, Lapsley, sort of, in, in the middle of the park. And then, literally, about two, three minutes later, Charlton, the ball went out for a throw-in. And uh, it quite clearly, like, I think it was Taylor trying to take it quickly, or someone was trying to take it quickly in a Charlton shirt. It was Ben Richards Everton. Uh, just got his hand in a way and stopped it. And now, uh, if we'd taken that free kick quickly, we would have been down the wing. So Nick's saying, why wasn't he? Why wasn't he booked for preventing the quick throwing? And he'd already been booked, so that would have been a red card. Now, I, I was surprised at the time that more wasn't made of that. I mean, did you did you see that? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it did. It was obviously a little bit closer to us, and I think it was to you guys in the commentary um, area. So, 
Yeah, it was. I think Taylor went in to try and take a quick throw and he just obviously put his hand up. But I mean, the ref wasn't really interested yesterday. Like, <laughs> me and Nate were saying off air that some of the decisions he made were just crazy. Some of the bookings he gave out for the lightest of things and he let some of the really heavy challenges go. So mm. that's League being, One, being league one refereeing. Yeah, probably. being consistent. But if you're playing by the letter of the law yet there, then that clearly was a yellow card for preventing another mm. player. From, from from taking the the, the throwing, uh, it wasn't long after that that we had our, our really our big chance to properly kill it off, and we were we were punished five minutes later. It was a superb jinking run again this time from Lapsley, played it to to Carlin. And again, this is what we see from Carlin. He's so direct. He picked the ball up on the left hand side, but he cuts in on his right. Now it is a tight angle, so he's driven at the base of the post. The keeper's had that angle covered anyway. If you see, there's a great picture that Kyle Andrews took of the incident. So if he had got it inside the post, the foot was there to block it. So is this the case? I mean, I, I having watched the highlights back. Now, I saw the glare that Lyle Taylor mm. dished out there, um, and if he squares that, then that could well be game over. Yeah, yeah. It's like you say. I think there potentially could have been a better option in the middle, um, but you know the, the chance has gone now. I can see Carlin obviously is is extremely desperate to make a, a real impression this season, and, and he is. But obviously, goals are, are what sort of you know make you remembered and everything, and that's what he's pushing for. So. You can see why he gave it a go. He is still young. He obviously he sees the he sees the headlines, but yeah, maybe Taylor was better positioned um, to to score the goal. Mm. Uh, and uh, sure enough, we get punished as is the tradition these days. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was only a, f- a few minutes later. So as we said, the ball the ball went over the head of, of Solly because he had to come out. He had to come out to try and attack. Uh, the, the ball but it got chipped over him and therefore he's now no longer there because it's, it's only one on that side uh, and it was Sam Finley who got down the left hand side put in the low cross and now I feel so sorry in, in, in this case for, for Naby and for Dylan because Naby Sars block on the goal line was superb he came back out and the save from Dylan Phillips there was incredible he got down to his right uh, to, to, to block a, a low shot but then and then it came out to Jordan Clark and it seemed to take an age to go in like I just saw him hit it and then as you said there was a mass of bodies in between where we were sat and the goal so I couldn't actually see I didn't know he'd gone in until I heard the reaction of the crowd behind the goal but you know unlucky for those guys but I guess others will be saying well surely there's a couple of chances to clear it after the rebounds from those shots as well yeah, no, it was it was disappointing because I thought we got away with it once. Um, obviously, Nabs and Dills done it. I thought we was going to be able to hook it away, but um, maybe I think I can't remember who was like you said. There was too many people to under- to see who was else was there, but maybe someone went asleep. But yeah, it was just it was a disappointing goal to concede because it's a scrappy goal. Um, but uh, this, I mean, like we've said already, I mean. I, don't, I think it'd be quite harsh if we said that they didn't deserve it. I mean, mm. like, on their second half showing. Um, if we're all honest about it, so, but yeah, it's a sloppy goal to concede, and I don't think obviously Jacko would be too, or Bowie would be impressed. Was uh, what was the reaction in the way, and did did people around you feel like there was a sort of a sense of inevitability when that happened? Uh, yeah, to be honest, I mean, apart apart from the guy who was singing <laughs> Jerusalem for the whole yeah. entire ninety minutes, well, he, him was, later. he was living the dream. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been the it's been the common thing, hasn't it, over the last over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, again, it's looking like it could have been a repeat of Sunderland with another late goal. But yeah, it was inevitable. I think Yakrington started um, getting a bit lively, pushing out, pushing us back. And I mean, yeah, like we say, it was a great block and a great save by Deals. We just seemed mm. to sort of freeze. And I think where the guy, uh, where Clark, he hit it into the into the floor. It seemed yeah. to obviously bounce sort of over. I think it was Bauer, Bauer's leg, uh, and obviously nestle into the bottom right corner. So, mm. and all of a yeah. sudden, you're worried again because it's a, well, it's the third game we've taken the lead. 
in this season in the third game we've been pegged back now and obviously we've only gone on to, to react to that against Rosemary where we went on to win uh, the, the danger is now that you think Accrington you know their, their home record is very impressive I think they only lost three times at home last season uh, you're worried that they are now going to have their tails up and they did have chances I mean Ofrande Zanzala had come off the bench uh, he had that header that, that dropped only just wide and he had a he looked quite lively in that in that that closing spell uh, and, and you're sort of thinking he'd be quite glad to get away with it, especially when they had that great that great chance on the break that again I think it might have been Clark again he only side footed it pretty tamely uh, at Dylan Phillips but you were just worried that it's all going to fall apart there yeah he was and it just shows uh, where we are now that we're worried about holding on to a point away at, at Quinton Stanley didn't it but <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like you say, every game we've conceded late goals. Sunderland was 96th. Shrewsbury was, what, 81? Or what, 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 what one was theirs yesterday? 78. 78. So you're going into the like the last sort of 15 minutes of the game and we're conceding goals. Um, so, yeah, we, you know, when they were piling on the pressure and they, they were the only ones likely to score, it was a bit nervy. Um, but yeah, we got away with it, which is quite sad, really. <laughs> to <laughs> yeah. think about it. But. Yeah, I mean, we did have uh, we have sort of one free kick that the Bauer nodded wide from Marshall's delivery, and then other than that, the, the very last kick of the game, Carlin sort of setting him up, and you're thinking, oh, this could well be a get out of jail card here because uh, you know Carlin. I've seen him seen him score set pieces for 23s before, and he, he lined it up. And uh, again, you were behind the goal, though, so you probably had a better view because someone told yeah. me the keeper touched it around the post. But for me, for me, it just like it went straight wide. But uh, it definitely got the post. Oh, I hit, so yeah. it hit the so post. I, I thought it just struck the outside of the post. I don't mm. think the key, I don't didn't oh. think Ripley got a touch. No. I thought it just. Oh, so he hit the post with it. Oh, so the I, yeah, I didn't it was, it was really, really close. Yeah, really so unlucky. I mean that. Might, I mean that would have been a great moment if we'd nicked it, especially for Carlin. Um, who you know worked hard all game and, and and could have could have added another to his total, but I think that would have been very harsh on on Atkinson Stanley. So we we come away with a point now. So like I say, I was I for some reason I wasn't as down as other people. So I, I don't know if I just don't have the expectation level at all anymore that, 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 that <laughs> other people seem to have. But I mean, so I was slightly taken aback when Bowyer came out and said they were that bad because I looked at it as well, you know, we did create chances at times, but I guess we didn't, when you sit down and think about it, and I'm going through my notes to say, well, actually, if you look in that second half, it was two chances. In that decent spell in the first half, you know, obviously the fact we were winning for so long as well was probably in the back of my mind because all the time we're winning, I'm pretty happy. So that probably didn't help as well. But overall, I mean, again, coming out of the ground, were people pretty despondent? Uh, yeah, I mean, people, it was just sort of another same old, same old situation. You know, we are fragile. Um, towards the end of games, and we we've made a habit of conceding late on. So it wasn't like it wasn't a big shock in the stands. Everyone everyone sort of accepted accepted it as it was. But it was nice all the Atkinson uh, stewards being all friendly and cheering us up. They were mm. they were a really nice bunch of people. Yeah, so. not, uh, there, was, there was a fella at the station on the way home. He wasn't the nicest person, but like I say, we'll come. <laughs> that. That's got something to do with Mr. Jerusalem as well. We'll come oh. on to that uh, later on in the show. Right. So uh, I spoke to Lee Bayer. Uh, after the game, we'll hear his views in in a few seconds time. But don't forget, I want to hear your views on the performance and on everything else surrounding the club at the moment as well. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us like Nick did. Uh, we've already read out his one. We've got a few other tweets to, to come to as well. But you can tweet us at Charlton Live. There's a post on the Charlton Live forum as well that we, we're going to come to shortly. So don't forget, if you want to have your say, you can do so on the forum as well. Right, this is what Lee Bowyer had to say after yesterday's uh, one-all draw up at Accrington Stanley. Lee, a point on the road here at Accrington Stanley. What did you make of your team's performance? Not good enough. Not good enough from start to finish. Sloppy in possession. Um, Decision-making at times was horrendous. 
and, and that's what it all boils down to. It isn't good enough for, for the, the players we have out there and players coming off the bench. That result is, is not acceptable for me. One pot draw in here, no disrespect to, to Accra, and I thought they'd done well, especially second half. <clears throat> but one point coming here, that's, that's not good enough. Why do you think your team weren't at the level you were hoping for today? Yeah, they wasn't. They wasn't. From the beginning, it's sloppy, sloppy in possession. Passing at times was okay, but what I witnessed in, in, at the training ground every day ain't what we've just seen today. And I've just told them, like, it's not acceptable, you know? We work hard all week for reasons and, and to get players into certain areas, like, we, we, when we tell them things, and we get them into them areas. We can't dis we can't make them make the right decision in the final third. We can't. <laughs> that's something that I can't control, and that's 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 what let us down today, for, for sure. In 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 the final third, our decision making was just just wrong. You had a spell, sort of, as you took the lead, and for maybe sort of 10, 15 minutes after that, where you had a lot of pressure, but you weren't able to add that second goal that could have perhaps killed the game off. Yeah, we, that's, we've got to start killing games off. Like that's been every game this season. Sunderland was the same, and then we go and lose it. Last weekend was the same. Today, no different. Like we, there's times when we're out playing teams, and, and, and we look good, but there's other times when we seem to drop deep, and, and then we're inviting pressure. Like teams play long ball that's what they do in this league a lot of teams do it's not just going to be a pretty football match all the time and, and today we just we just wasn't good enough for, in, for my opinion anyway okay we've got a point we, we, we didn't lose the game but it's still not good enough you have to come like these places and win in, in my eyes if you're going to be getting promotion for sure uh, you got to have a look at your, your new signing today, uh, Christian Billing from from Arsenal. What did you make of his performance? I thought he done okay, yeah. For his, for his um, first game, I thought he done well in possession. He, he got a bit tired at the end, you know. He's he's only a kid. He's, he's just 20 years old, and obviously that's his first game. It's, and it's different to playing like 23s football, so he, he got cramp at the end. But yeah, I think he I think he done all right for his first game, yeah. Obviously, Colin Grant got his, his second goal in, in as many games. Had a few other chances as well, but it's nice to see, like I said, last week your striker starting to sort of get a few goals as well. Yeah, but it's not enough though. One one goal, we should be scoring two, three, four goals here. We should be, but, yeah. but we haven't. It's good for Colin to get another goal, but we should have had more. Him and Lowell should have had at least another one each, I think. Obviously, it's a quick turnaround now up until the, the Peterborough game at the Valley on Tuesday. And with your, your small squad, is it, is it going to be a case of it's, it's going to be quite difficult to, to make changes, to try and freshen it out, perhaps? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have a look at them and see how we are tomorrow. We'll be in tomorrow. and they have to be better than it was today, otherwise they, they get thumped. Peterborough are a good side. So... Um, but we'll be ready. We'll be ready on Tuesday. I, I guarantee you they won't be as bad as what they was tonight, uh, today. Being upset with today, does that just sort of further emphasize the fact that you want to dip into the loan market as soon as possible for a couple more? Yeah, we, we only need one or two. We've got players coming back from injury as well. The players out there today, like there's, there's no comparison. They should be winning that game with, with comfortably. So there's no excuse. Like they just didn't perform today. It's as simple as that. And it wasn't even that bad, you know, but we, you make the right decisions at the right times, then we score three, four goals today. But when you don't, 
you let sides come back into the game, it's, it's just not good enough. Thank you. And the Christian Billick went off with an injury. Is he, is he okay? Was it cramp? Cramp. Really? He went off with cramp. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, so he's tired. Like he's 23 football is different to man's football. So, um, but yeah, he'd be he'd be okay. I'm sure. He's expected to be fit for Tuesday. Yeah, he'd be all right. It's only cramp. So yeah. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. occupying that left-hand side at the moment. Little step over onto his left foot. Marshall, ball in the box is good. And Rebo, first time. Oh, oh, what a goal. Lovely finish. Oh, what a goal. Joe Rebo gives Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left-hand side. Chips it in. And Rebo with a calm left-footed volley. Have found the bottom right corner and Charlton have the lead. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. That was Lee Bayer speaking to myself and uh, Jake Bacon from the news shopper after yesterday's game. He was fuming. Uh, like I say, I was um, I, I I didn't really expect him to be that disappointed when I, when I spoke to him. I thought he'd be unhappy that we we'd thrown away a lead and perhaps could have taken some chances that we didn't take. But he was not a happy bunny after that game, was he, Lewis? No, he sounded pretty scathing to be honest. I, I shared the frustration because on paper we are the better side and we have got quality players um, that can make things happen and. Like you say, the decision making yesterday wasn't there. The passing wasn't really there, um, and yeah, it's frustrating all round because you know we got to go to we've got to come here to the valley on Tuesday and play a really informed Peterborough side. Which if we play like we did yesterday, we are going to get absolutely tonked. We're lulling them into a full sense of security, and we've been doing it for years. Um, <laughs> it's finally going to pay off on Tuesday. Uh, Nathan, he, like I say, I mean, there's there's different ways of man management, you know, and. It's, Sometimes you'd see manager when we've played average and, and not one come out and try and defend his players, and sometimes they put them to the sword. And obviously Lee obviously went for the the latter option there. Yeah, I, think, I don't I, um, I don't agree with uh, personally like an individual, but yesterday it wasn't good enough collectively. Mm. I think he's more than um, more than entitled to say so because it wasn't good enough. I mean, we can't. You know, he said, "You can't if we're yeah." You know, I, you know, for me personally, I still think we've got a chance once we if we keep our players fit when they come back. The top six champions, I don't know, I don't think so. Um, so you've got to be pe- beating teams like that and comfortably because you've got Taylor there. You know, Carlin Grant. You know, even to an extent, you know, Marshall. You know, he's he was a good player a year ago. Um, so yeah, he, I think he was 
he, they do need a kick up the bum sometimes, and I think that's, well, by the sounds of it, that's exactly what they got, because they didn't look too happy yesterday. We talked about the, the new loan signing, Christian Billick there. Uh, Bowyer was, was reasonably impressed, obviously, you know, mentioned himself that he's a 20-year-old kid, and this is his, you know, he has actually played for Birmingham when he's 18, but he's 20 years old. Um, you know, we've been moaning about how young our squad is, and we've brought in a loan he is just as young as the rest mm-hmm. of them anyway, but... As I sort of said on Thursday, people think, well, he's from Arsenal, he's bound to be better. Um, but he's still going to take a while to get used to the rigours of men's football. And that was what happened yesterday as he was cramping when he came off. Yeah, he, like you say, cramped towards the end. He, made, he played a couple of sloppy passes. Um, but you know, before that, he looked quite comfortable on the ball. He looked like he, he wanted to bring other people into play. He, he played out from the back. He, he took the ball forward to sort of make up for that lack of another man in midfield with the five at the back. And... I was impressed with him. Obviously, he's only going to get better the more the more minutes he plays. But um, you've just got to keep him fit. I know he's had his own injury struggles, so hopefully, he doesn't join our, our uh, long list of injuries. Hmm. Don't there's any room left in the treatment room? Is there? Mm, no, no, exactly. Yeah, and I said, well, uh, again, I, I sort of, you know, we do even try and find a positive to talk about as well. So I mentioned Carlin Grant there because um, you know I'm, I'm pleased for him that he got his goal but Bowie was straight away on so well he should have got a couple more and Taylor should have got one as well so um, you know Bowie played at a high level and he obviously sets very high standards for his team and he's disappointed when they drop below them I guess yeah it was and I, again with that chance that you was talking about earlier about Colin he should have squared it he should have squared it especially if you know the, if Cole's photo shows that he was never going to score from there Mm. And he should have squared it because to, even though Taylor had a quiet game they're the sort of chances it's like he said um Against Shrewsbury, one chance, one goal for Taylor. It's times like that that we have to be more ruthless. And um, obviously, I don't think he was planning on um, giving any compliments out yesterday. But <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like it. Yeah. But but like I say, you do need a reality check sometimes. And maybe because I, you know, we always play better against the good teams anyway. So like you say, I think full sense of security. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be looking forward to. Uh... Uh, Tuesday's game with Peter Brill. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll have time to have a little preview of that at the end. But as we say, Boya uh, promised that the, the side will be ready uh, for it. Well, let's, have, let's start having a look at a couple of the tweets that have come in. Um, don't forget, if you want to have your say on yesterday's game, uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk on the emails or at charltonlive uh, on the tweets. If you want to get involved, you can also head over to the Charlton Live forum. Uh, don't forget, later on in the show as well, we're going to hear from uh, Ben Hannum. Uh, about the EFL not for, for purpose banner part of the protest uh, up at Atquinton yesterday. I spoke to him to find out what that was all about. So we'll hear from him uh, later on in the show as well. Right, F. James was the first one. We had a tweet from Cat Farmer yesterday as well, uh, just pointing out that uh, there was something in the private eye about Kevin Cash, the former owner, of, well, the former sort of owner, I don't know, because it's a bit confusing legally, of Charlton being bankrupt uh, now. And he says, uh, Slater, Jimenez and Cash, the more you hear, the more you realise what a bunch of... Uh, uh, you know, diff- difficult people that Murray bought into the club and how the foundations of our current plight were set. He says, uh, I to, well, I'm not certain that Murray bought them into the club. I have to check the exact workings of that deal. But like I say, it's very complicated. If uh, It's very shady as well. But the fact that now someone else seems to be involved who's gone bankrupt as well, very, very confusing. It's like we got out of the frying pan and into the fire when Roland Duchatelet took the club over. But anyway, let's talk about the game. F. James So good evening, chaps. In my opinion, we wasted away three points yesterday. Why can we not kill off a game when in the ascendancy? Yes, we have a depleted squad, but even so, uh, we do have enough quality out there. Yes, it's only game three, but we need to stay focused. And again, that is the thing. I mean, I mean, Nathan, you, you said that you believed that there was enough out on that pitch to go and win that game yesterday. Yeah, 100%. 100% there was. Um... And there, there were there were a couple of chances that you know obviously Carlin's one being one. Um, I'm not obviously 
beating Carling because he was his great yesterday. But it's things like that. Through ex- because it's such a young side, we've got a we've got to expect you know things like that to happen because young players could be inconsistent, especially with their decision making. But this they they need to learn. They need to learn quick. But by I think that that team yesterday, you you look across. You you know Bow was played. Naby Sars played. I'm sure he's played like in a European competition. Like he must have played in UEFA or something. UEFA. Naby he must have I think done. He played in the Champions League. That's what I mean for yeah. what sport in Lisbon. So it's not like it was a. It was like the team on Tuesday against MK Dons. We had season pro. Uh, you know, Solly's a season pro in there. Paddy Bauer, um, you know, Lyle Taylor. So we, we definitely should have. We had enough comfortably to win that game, and we, you know, like I've said, we just wasted wasted an, an opportunity to do that. Mm. Uh, Ev continues, I believe we should have a mindset to break down our opponents. We are considered a top League One club. Many teams will sit back against us and soak up our energy, but we need to have a game plan to break down opponents. We have a great ball-controlling team. Now, I, I mean, that is true in terms of a lot of teams will do that, especially here at the Valley, but I don't really get the impression that Ankington came out to make it difficult and sit behind the ball on us yesterday. Because like I said, in, in the first 10 minutes, they enjoyed probably... 70% of the possession. They really took control of that game. And as they were behind in the second half, again, they, they, they were very much in the ascensive. So it's not like we were struggling to break down a team that was sitting back. You know, we hit them on the counter a couple of times. Yeah, exactly. And they obviously wanted to go for it in front of their, own, their home crowd. You're not going to sit um, sit back in your own ground, are you? I don't think. But we just, yeah, like you say, we we just seemed to struggle a, a little bit yesterday to get to get our heads into the game. And, like like Nave said there, the, there's enough experience in that side yesterday, especially the eleven that started, to be able to get something out of that game. Um, mm. And that's that's where we slip out. Bringing Marshall, I, th- I thought Marshall, is, he's got to do, if he's coming off the bench, he's got to do more. I've really I've really yeah. not been impressed. With I mean, Marshall. yeah, Marsh, Marshall. Uh, well, we, again, we mentioned him on Thursday, but because uh, he, he played during the Milton Keynes game, and he's all. Um, he's all swing and no ding. He's he's, yeah. he's plenty of build up and he's running with the balls actually being pretty good, particularly on Tuesday. But it's mm. just delivering to the box. It just hasn't been happening for him uh, recently, which is so disappointing because you know he's one of those players you really want to do well because he's a local lad. He seems like a, a good bloke, and we know what he's capable of. We've seen it for Bradford City, but we haven't seen it for Charlton Athletic, have we? No, and he he reminds me a lot like Lloyd Sam, where he was never. We it was there was games that he had used to. You know, he had it in him. But you can't seem to drag it out of him, if that makes sense. Mm. Because you know, because you go two years ago, he was Bradford's best player. Well, one of their best players when they got to Wembley. He was exciting on the ball. He beat people. He, his delivery was good. Since he's been here, he got injured at the beginning. And I just don't think he's found his place in the team. And I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think Bowie actually sees him in his team whatsoever. Mm. I, don't, I, I don't think he fits into Bowie's system, especially if you play narrow. It is a four-four-two diamond. He doesn't fit into as a wing back, so I, I don't think he actually feels that wanted at the moment. If I'm perfectly honest, but he's not, you know, he's not done anything to to stake a claim to that team either. Which yeah. is like, like you say, it's disappointing. He sounds like a nice, genuine guy, and you want him to do well, but it's just not working out. What about his point about us um, being seen as one of the big, big clubs, one of the top clubs in League One? Because obviously. Size of the club, we should be one of the big clubs in League One. Obviously, we're not quite Sunderland, but we are. We're certainly bigger than, you know, the likes of, you know, all due respect to like Accrington Stanley and, and the other teams down there. Yeah, I, again, like you say, it's a name thing, isn't it? I mean, we. But is, but is it a squad thing? Facilities. You look at that squad. You, are you thinking that's the best squad in League One? You're not, are you? No, not. It's, it's depleted. It's a really depleted squad. You know, 
yeah, yes, we've got injuries and we've got some top quality players to come back from injury. But even so, every squad gets injuries and you've got to have enough there to back it up. And the bench yesterday, so young. You know, Taylor Maloney coming on when you're to replace Bellick when we're when we're trying to you know trying to get back into the game. It's, what was it his first start? Has he played for us? Has he played a league game before Taylor Maloney? I can't remember. Uh, he's come off the bench a couple of times, but yeah. Yeah, and you think that's that's massive to put that on the shoulders of of a young kid. Um, and yeah, so that's it. Really, it's not a yes name wise and facility wise. We are one of the biggest clubs in League One, but when it comes down to the squad and it comes down to what we've got going into a game and how we can go about winning that game, I think we're we're struggling. I mean, we're not we're not right down there. You know, we've got good players and probably some of the best players in this division, but not enough of them. Mm, it's, it's interesting as well. You think about uh, you know in terms of playing youngsters. You know, Lapsley started every league game so far. When he's been on, he's impressed for certain. He's, he's been good. Uh, but, you know, he's cramping up last weekend. I don't know if he was cramping again this week, which is why he had to come off. But he certainly came off, you know, with 10 minutes left to play. And the reason is, when you, when you get youngsters, they can't play this long. It's, you, you'd expect they can because they're young, but that just doesn't seem to be how it works. You know, apparently it's another step up in terms of intensity. Uh, but, you know, people have always mentioned it over the last couple of years. You don't want to throw in your youngsters for too long. But that's what we're needing to do with George so far. So, so far he's played well, but it's not going to last forever, uh, which is a worry. Uh, Ed's final tweet says, uh, let's start to use our mind and make this a mastermind ex- uh, exercise. Let's just wait and see what comes through the door before September. We do, of course, have half the first team on the physio table, so we should be OK onwards and upwards. Sammy sort of echo, uh, echoes those sentiments towards the end. He says, uh, it's early days. Uh, all we need to do is pick up as many points as possible till our injuries come back and a couple more loans join. Let's not forgot, forget that Rotherham did not win any of their first eight games and they uh, went up. Um, uh, let's keep uh, looking at the tweets. Uh, London Indigiza says, it had the feel of a pre-season friendly at Welling that took five and a half hours to get to. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's probably true. In t- I mean, you go to Aquinton, like I said, it's a very small club. It's a nice club. So got, everyone's very kind to us, apart from, again, this guy at the station after, which I'll tell you about <laughs> once we've done the tweets. Uh, but yeah, it, 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 it's just one of those weird footballing quirks that you end up on the same level as an Accrington Stanley because they're having the best spell, you know, deservedly of their existence for a little while, and we're having the worst. And that's and that's just one of the, the weird quirks you get in League One. That our first away game was at the Stadium of Light, and the second one was <laughs> at the Crown Ground, uh, which was uh, which was good to see. Tom Wallin says, "Thoughts on the game? Sick, absolutely sick." But of course, the fans will say it's my fault. I think you might be quite in a certain Russell Slade there. Says, still on to Tuesday. I'm sure we'll do. I'm sure that will end well. Um, well, we'll see on Tuesday, won't we? Marion says she's listening for the first time uh, this season. So, welcome, Marion. She says, uh, I only have my Twitter feed to go by, but it sounded like a, a, a disappointing uh, performance, um, which is certainly what Lee Bowyer had to feel, uh, had to say even after the game. John Pitchers, we seem to get pushed back too easily uh, when a goal up the opposition. Uh, where we're, when a goal up and the opposition start to raise their game, it's happened in all three matches now. When does this stop being a coincidence? And now, what do we put that down to? Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I mean, it's happened to us a lot. It happened to us under Russell Sabre when we did have more of a squad. But you just wonder if is it tactics? Is it a case of well, there's a reluctance to change because there's not much other than pants on the bench, according to Nathan, <laughs> when, when you turn around? Is it, is it because our we're we're going to be a little. It's difficult to change when there isn't that much to do. So on the bench, or is it a mentality thing? The players know they're going to get tired. They start to sit back and defend the league, and we have to work out how we're going to stop them doing that. I think it's it's probably down to a bit of both, to be honest with you. I mean, you it's hard for Bowyer because, like we say, he ha- he has got nothing to turn around to. He looks back on the bench and he's 
it's ki- it's kids, you know, all of it. No disrespect to the guys because they they've obviously done really well in the 23s to get up into the first team, but they are kids and they are they are inexperienced. So when your when your experienced heads in the eleven are starting to tire, I mean, Darren Prattley he was told he you know he wasn't even ready for Sunderland. He's played ninety minutes every week, has he? Since yeah. Prattley, I think he's yeah, played ninety yeah. minutes every week. So you know he hasn't really got a lot to go with and. It maybe it is a mentality thing, you know, on the flip side of that as well, because you know it's happened three weeks on the bounce. The conceding late. I mean, luckily we got back into it at um, at Shrews, but conceded late on at Sunderland and lost it, and we conceded late on yesterday and dropped two points. So mm. Richard Justin's just correcting the, the tweet we had in earlier. He said he thinks it was Varney that bought Jimenez and Slater uh, to the club, which I, I think is more likely than Murray. But I'd, again, I'd have to double check that. Um, Right, uh, London Inigiza said, uh, very poor substitution that Lapsley was doing okay, didn't look tired, if anything, Prattley was uh, was blowing. Um, like I said, I do just wonder if it is because he's so young, I mean, Like, and, but you just mentioned about Prattley's fitness, you know, because he wasn't supposed to be ready for the first mm. game, so he's now getting his match fitness in actual matches, which is which is the best way to do it, but yeah. obviously you want to do that in pre-season, don't you? Absolutely, yeah, and you know, I've been... I've, to be honest, I've been quite impressed with Darren Prattley so far. I think he's been he's been pretty solid. Um, again, like you say, the sub probably purely probably down to an age thing. Um, it's a lot more intense in the senior side than it probably is in the twenty threes. Um, so yeah, you, you want to keep those guys, got to keep those guys fit because no doubt Lapsley will be starting on Tuesday, and you don't want him cramping up or or even worse, and then then you lose somebody else in that midfield where we're already really really short. Uh, Jonathan says, "What happens when you don't bring in an experienced right back? Solly is not the same player anymore. You need to bring in Jason Shackle. Uh, he's a free agent. Because I thought when, when Solly played, in, he had to play in the back three at Sunderland. I thought he looked really good. And like I say, he was clearly like when when he made the challenge, for example, for the, the for the goal yesterday, he had to come out to the ball because when you're playing wing backs, you're the only man on that wing. So he had to come out to try and challenge the ball. He was never, he, he, he didn't get there. So the guy had had the free run once he was knocked over his head. So I mean." Do you think that Solly's the weak link, as no. what Jonathan's saying? No, not no. at all. Not at all. I mean, he was, he was, when you play, like you said, when you play wing-backs, you're more than like, if they put high wingers, they're going to be one-on-one all the time. It's just the way it's going to be. I don't think Solly had a bad game against Shrewsbury or Sunderland, like you say. It was just yesterday, Atquinton knew, well, they adapted their game to to go, to go sort of counteract us, and it worked. Um, do I, you know, yeah... <laughs> Do I think Solly's going to play every week? No, but Anthony's not uh, fit, um, I don't, and I don't think that position is. T- I still think Solly's still one of the best right backs in this league. Yeah, hundred percent. One on one, you'll very rarely see Solly or get beat. If you do, yeah, obviously he does. It's like now and again, but I still think he's one of the best right backs in the league for sure. Mm. I think it's that position as well. Like like Nave's just said, maybe if he slotted into that into that three, um, maybe you know if if Bellick wasn't fit enough to start or something, and maybe. Anthony Dick still did start on that side. Maybe we'd be saying it completely differently because he is more suited to play that little bit more central. Um, but I, yeah, I think I don't think Solly had a particularly bad game yesterday. But it's it's hard for him. He's not wing backs are sort of seen as an attacking outlet as well, and he he's not really that compared to Pagey. Mm. Right, Matthias says I think Charlton showed yesterday that we have a lacked ruthlessness. Uh, we need to be solider or more solid at the back. Uh, or score more one uh, more than one per game. Carlin Grant has started scoring, and I'm hoping he doesn't get injured. Yeah, I mean we're hoping everyone doesn't get injured at this rate because uh, anyone who does would be a uh, a big miss. Got more tweets from Tom Wallin 
uh, still uh, asking me about being patient. <laughs> I think talking about the Russell Slade thing is just he's happy, <laughs> ha- happy enough talking there. Uh, Sebo said, I know it happened very quickly, but from my angle, I think their keeper might have got fingertips onto that final Carlin free kick. Had there been time, it might have been a corner, uh, but he wants to see it again. Uh, he also added that he liked Bo's jumper, which was nice. So it was the same Literally. one he was wearing, the wearing towards the end of last season, where uh, uh, where he, uh, he had the one red circle on the on, on the on the arm. So it's a, it's a nice Gucci. Jumper, he, had, he had matching trainers afterwards. Yeah, his trainers. Gucci, nice, Gucci, Gucci yeah, trainers. Driver, and he drove uh, his car looked nice as well when he yeah. drove drove down the lane. Full Fiesta. Drove, yeah, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, company car, you see. So he's not allowed to this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, 100% Charlton says Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday our first 11 will be absolutely knackered by the Fleetwood game right let's have a quick break here on uh, Charlton Live I'll just sort out a couple of bits we'll come back we've still got the emails to do we've still got the interview uh, with uh, the guy who bought the EFL not fit for purpose banner uh, Ben Hannum into, into the ground yesterday uh, I still want to tell my story about what happened to the station because it was really funny so uh, quick break we'll be back in 30 seconds Silver steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left-hand side, they're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond, gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got his chance! There's number three! It would have been nice if we had Tariq Fossu available yesterday, just when we were... Having that good spell on the counter, he would have been devastating, but unfortunately still off uh, injured at the moment. Hopefully he'll be back as uh, as soon as possible. Albert Rossi tweeted me saying, Lou, I know we're short on numbers, but if you don't beat teams like Accrington Stanley when you come up against a good side, we will get beat. We must take our chances, and we're certainly going to be coming up against a good side on Tuesday evening at the Valley. Uh, Peterborough have won all three games so far, sitting pretty at the top of the league. Uh, so it's going to be a real test for us on, on, on Tuesday night here. Uh, indeed right uh, we had a message on the Charlton Live forum don't forget if you want to have your say you can do so on that forum or email studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at Charlton Live uh, Mendonca in Asdas says let's be honest the result was an embarrassment without sounding to Tony Mowbray we should be beating teams like Accrington Stanley the takeover needs to happen soon or this season will be another write-off and what on earth has happened to Mark Marshall we look worse when he came on uh, and certainly I, I just don't know what as we said I don't really know what's going on with Mark at the moment because he's got bags of ability as we know because we saw it for other clubs and it's, it's just frustrating that we haven't uh, seen it so far in a Charlton shirt right um, before we go on to emails and, and, the, and the other interview I might as well just tell you a couple of stories about our journey home yesterday uh, Nathan you, you were a witness to one of them um, which one? <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, so you were witness to one of them, uh, but uh, the, the, the best one for me was just when we got home, a dog got on the train for on my Oh, train. yeah, I went there for that one. Yeah. You weren't there for that one, which was lovely. Uh, it was a great dog, and at one point it jumped on the table, which was quite funny. But I quite <laughs> enjoyed that. That cheered me up a little bit. Um, but now, so you were telling me, Lewis, when we first came in, and there was a, a, a post on the forum last night, everyone telling the same story, really. <laughs> um, so we won't give away names, but I tell you, this, this guy, this guy was absolutely mad for it, wasn't he? And uh, absolute madness. Yeah, madness. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so you were telling me, oh, I, I sort of said, oh, what was the atmosphere like or something like that? You said, oh, there was this one guy who kept singing Jerusalem behind the guard. <laughs> uh, he was stood right by me. And I the said, entire oh. 90 minutes. Yeah, I said, oh, that sounds familiar. because." Uh, and then someone else had put very similar on the uh, the Charlton Life Forum, which we me and Nate screenshotted to each other. Uh, so obviously me and Nate weren't behind the goal, so we didn't get, to, we didn't get it for 90 minutes. But it was a mad dash back to... Accrington Station because Euston Station was closed so the only way you could get home is go all the way over to Leeds which is over an hour on the train from Accrington and then back down so it was a mad dash to get back to the station across to Leeds and then down to get the last trains uh, back to London so everyone was arriving at the station at the same time especially because the one before was cancelled so it was a bit of a rush uh, for, for a lot of the Charlton fans but um, so I got to the station and there was I had friends on both platforms actually I had some who were going up towards Manchester I think and I, so I was having a quick chat with them Crossed over the bridge, saw Nathan there and uh, with our mates as well and um, uh, chatting away and then everyone starts coming over and then and then we start seeing, you know, all, all the familiar faces. That's This is partly why I enjoyed, uh, one of the reasons I actually enjoyed yesterday. I really enjoyed yesterday, mainly because like when we got to the station, because the train before was cancelled, every Charlton fan would seem to be on this train pretty much. So there's so many faces you're recognising and it's always nice when you feel like you've all done this together, a big long away day together. And there's there's one group of fans that everyone will recognise if you go to the away games and you know, nice guys that you chat to, uh, but you know as per a lot of every club there's always there's always plenty of fans and I'm probably myself included at times who've drunk drunk a lot of away games <laughs> and willing to get involved in a bit of uh, singing and whatnot and uh, so this this mad spirit guy was singing away um, continuing his uh, rendition of Jerusalem as we were waiting for the station now I didn't see how this started but all of a sudden though, I became aware that there was someone on the other side who had like a Manchester accent, so it seemed to be a local, and he was wearing a, a tight blue shirt to show off his <laughs> bulging biceps. I mean, he was hench. I mean, he might have been on steroids, judging by his reaction to being sung at. But he was, I mean, <laughs> he was fuming that Mad, that Mads for it was singing this song, Jerusalem. For some reason, for some reason, this got into an argument, and he kept beckoning that he was going to run over the, come over to the other side. <laughs> and, and and he kept doing this for about five minutes. So I was sort of thinking, oh, go on then, if you're going to do it, because like, we've got a train to catch in a minute. <laughs> but um, eventually, when the train started coming in, it's like, right, I'm going to come over then. But he was fuming, wasn't he? He was fuming, but um, he had he had <laughs> he had a copious amount of brew cream as well. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I'm surprised he he managed to run up those stairs with the weight of his head of this cream. But it was, it was fun. yeah, because I, I remember he picked up a, an empty bottle oh, from yeah, the bin, that, and yeah. then he threw it, and he yeah. didn't even hit the. Bl- I mean, yeah, other he, side of the platform. He, 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 <laughs> dipped, he dipped into the bin to pick up an empty two-litre bottle of coke. It went like a glass ball or nothing. Tried to throw it over the platform and it just landed on the rails. He didn't have enough weight on it. But it was funny. He, he was did funny. this run. He's run. He ran like a boxer as well. He didn't run like a normal person just because of the size of him. Like he's a short guy but built. Yeah. And uh, he came over. Uh, threatening to then like and then a couple of people came over and like what are you doing we're singing we're just having a laugh like go back and then he went back to his own side and we all got on the train and went home yeah. so there you go that's the that's the, <laughs> the rest of the story about what Mads Frit was doing after singing Jerusalem all throughout <laughs> all throughout the game uh, they were all uh, the, the train back was, was noisy but you know it's a, it's a football train I think everyone was well behaved and, and had their fun and got on their trains home uh, and, and luckily, we all made uh, we all made our trains home. Um, right, should we get on to the emails? Or no, let's have, let's have a listen about the uh, EFL not fit for purpose banner before we get on to emails because um, now this is something I didn't know was happening. But just before the game kicked off, it was unfurled there in the away end. Obviously, now Charlton fans are sort of at the the end of their tethers when it comes to the situation with the ownership. You know, it's 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 well over a year since we first heard about the Australians, which was in I remember it was in April last year 
um, there was a, that Daily Mail story. That's when it first. That's when we we, we first came out on mass, um, and and Charlton fans knew that there was this potential. Now, obviously, it was never admitted officially until sort of December time when Katrine left and Roland admitted that he was trying to sell the club, and he, he said there's more than one interested party. Uh, you remember that as as things as time went on, we were, a couple of times we thought it was very imminent indeed, which which, which turned out unfortunately to be four storms. Um, and then we had the playoff semi-final where Andrew Muir and uh, Donald, what's his name, and uh, Paul Eddie were in the in the thing. I'm not even sure if it's worth name, remembering their names these days, learning yeah, because uh, it might, in five years' time it might it might well be a footnote. Uh, but the, um, uh, they turned up in the director's box with the scarf, thinking, oh, we're thinking, oh, they might even be announced before. Done deal. The, the, yeah, it might be announced before the, the second leg. You know, there was, you know, as, uh, you know, we know about the done deal tweet. I mean, we're going to step away <laughs> from it. You know, that, at that time, a deal had been agreed mm. and it was expected that it could go through very shortly again. You know, people involved in the deal would be putting that out there. You know, it wouldn't just be someone making it up, which, which some people have suggested, but of course that would be nonsense. Um so we've had a lot of forced dawns, but now we're sort of at the end of our tether because we're not really signing many players. Uh, we've clearly not got a lot of money. Um, half the light bulbs <laughs> aren't working anymore. You know, all, all this all this trying to save money. And Charlton fans are thinking, like, we haven't got a chief financial officer. We haven't got a permanent manager still. We haven't got a CEO still. Everyone's thinking, I mean, this does look like, from the outside looking in, people are going to look at Charlton and think, like, what the hell is going on? Because it doesn't look like it's being run very well. Like well, it's not. <laughs> That's why. That, but it's, yeah, you like everything you've reeled off is um, is true, and there's no getting away with it. It's not being, not being run very well. But we've said on this show before, he's the EFL can't really. They can come out and say something surely, but they can't actually make Roland do anything because he's not doing anything illegal. Um, I know. I mean, they've got involved with blimmin Aquinton's chairman giving them pizzas when they have a good result but they can go and have a have a word about that but they can't get involved with any other stuff I think mm. which is what the frustration is mm. um, but yeah I mean even if I, don't, I mean obviously there's certain things they can't come out and say uh, for non-disclosure agreements or whatever but surely they can just respond to the fans um, who are worried about their club who are part of their league mm. but right so um, like I said before the game uh, well, yeah, just before the start of it, this big banner was unfurled. Um, it said EFL not fit for purpose. So obviously the the fans involved in the protest now are, are turning that eye towards the English football league. You know the, the 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 people who run the game at our level because you know, they you know they obviously think that there should be something that these people could do better for the club. So let's have a listen to this uh, this interview. It's with um uh, it's with one of the guys who took the banner, Ben Hannum. Uh, I spoke to him on the phone this afternoon. Just wanted to know really what the protest uh, was uh, was all about. I'm sure there are uh, more than just a group of people we're with that are disgruntled with the way things are at the club. And in fact, I don't think we're the, the only club in the football league that are a bit upset by the way the, the football league are, are handling it. Um, so really, it's a, trying to get noticed more than anything. Mm. It was the reason behind the banner, um, which was kindly funded by Card. Um, we have a look at the EFL website and it declares itself as you know, being in its 120th year. It's, um, you know, the, the original football competition is a template for leagues over the world and describes itself as being the, the governing body that um, administers and regulates the Football League, um, the Carabao Cup and the Checker Trade Trophy. And um, really, it's, not, it's, it's just not good enough what they're doing. Um, you look at... Uh, Coventry, 
as, as well as us. Um, just not taking any notice. Mm. Well, what, what is it that you take that the EFL could do in such a situation, I guess? Um, well, they've got their fit and proper persons test uh, for people looking to purchase league football clubs, but it doesn't seem to run past the actual purchasing itself. I mean, the, really, there the, the should be regulations of, you know, what's expected to, you know, for, for the way clubs should um, handle themselves in, in the league itself. Um, you know, they want it to be competitive. Um, you look at um, the, the Checker Trade trophy, it's... Uh, Clubs get fined if they don't field, a, I think it's five players that have been playing regularly. So if, if they can find clubs for not, not fielding a, a strong side um, in the cup competition, why, why can't they do it The clubs that have been run into the ground by crackpot owners? And, um, I mean, do, do you think that the EFL are going to start to listen a bit more to fans? Because I know, of course, that the Supporters Trust have, have asked them for a few answers as well, and... Uh, you know, chance against the EFL were, were, were quite a regular occurrence during the height of the protests over the last the last few years. Do you, do you think that they will start to sort of pay a little bit more attention to what's going on? Um, well, you'd hope so, but uh, if they're busying themselves with looking into handing out sanctions for owners rewarding successful teams with burgers, then um, maybe they don't have the time to look into the way football clubs are being run. Hmm. And obviously, you're talking about the uh, the disappointments we've had at, at Charlton, I guess, over the last couple of years. And at the moment in time, I guess, from a fan's point of view, it doesn't really look like it's getting any better at the moment while we're sort of in this, this state of limbo. Well, I think that would probably be the official response from the Football League is that, you know, that the club's up for sale and uh, um, they're going through the motions of, of, of changing ownership. But um, really, it's, it's not just about Cholton itself it's, it's about all the clubs in the football league and you know they, they, they represent the, the communities in the area um, and really uh, some owners are allowed to, to make a, a mockery of it and it's it's not great mm. I guess I guess they'll sort of say in a, 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 a someone owning their own personal business it's, it's quite hard for them to come in and tell them how to run it but I guess if they sort of they can set standards for for how they want clubs within their league to to play, I guess. But then, if they're going to start dishing out punishments, and that punishment will also be for the fans because it's their club, will end up getting punished. It's a really difficult situation, but I guess it's one that you you just hope that the EFL would sort of take a bit more of a hold of. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly that. There, there should really be sort of a a minimum requirement for the the way the club conducts themselves. I mean, for example, we we haven't got a chief financial operator at the moment. It's um, you know, how, how are we supposed to keep track of our finances? Um, we we haven't got a, a full-time manager. Uh, poor Lee's been, been handed a bit of a poison chalice, really, and I, I think it's going to be one of the, the, the longest-running caretaker management positions that has ever been. Um, surely they, they should sit up, take notice, and go, look, you know, if you're going to take part in our competition, you, you need to meet, you know, you need to have a, a, a full board, Um Maybe things like people who've got controlling interests in the club need to be, you know, at, at least be present at, at games, um, or at least answer the questions of, of supporters. Or you know, just I, would, I mean, we look at the situation just the Chatelet. I think one of the overriding 
questions with all of it is is why why <laughs> why buy Chol- why why do anything that you've done with the club when he himself has said it, it, it only takes up one point five percent of his time. Mm. So what um, what sort of reaction did the banner get from the fans inside the Crown Ground yesterday? Um, generally supportive, to be honest. Um, there, there's always uh, questions over whether or not I'd be allowed to be displayed. I, I was part of the original Belgian Twenty group that went across the St. Trudent with our first first banner um, a few years ago, and of course we have to smuggle that in, and ended up getting kicked out of the ground anyway. But um, I didn't. Members of staff at Accrington obviously radioed through and said, look, is this all right? We didn't actually have a position to put it in with, with other flags being up. And <laughs> arms got a bit achy after a while. So um, I think we decided that we'd, we'd have the photos taken and it'd be noticed and we'd, we'd take it down. But um, I'd be surprised if you see it appear at the Valley. Hmm. And uh, what did you make of the game overall? Your middle name's Cholton, so I guess uh, you, you, you might have come away slightly disappointed in the end. Yeah, disappointed. I mean... We all know the, the state of the club at the moment, and it's you know I don't you temper your expectations for it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's nice to get another league ground ticked off. Um, I think if you asked me ten years ago, would you be watching John play at Accrington Stanley, or said yeah maybe in the FA Cup or something, but not, not a league game. <laughs> uh, to coin what um, our manager said, uh, it is what it is really at the <laughs> moment. Yeah. I think uh, I, was, I was impressed with George Lapsley. Um, I think uh, the guy gets it. Being a Charlton fan himself, running about. Um, I don't know. Perhaps I look at it with rose tinted glasses. So there's Ben Hammond who joined us on, uh, on the on the phone earlier on in the afternoon, explaining uh, his decision to take the banner into the uh, into the ground. And it, I mean, it's one that's got a lot of traction. I mean. Um, you know, for, I often, if, if ever there's a banner in the ground like that, I'll try and take a photo of it just because it's quite interesting. It's, it's got more retweets than, than many others, and it's picked up by the likes of clubs, uh, you know, fans of, of the likes of Blackpool and, and, and Coventry seem to be interested in, in particular. So there's clearly a lot of fans who feel that the EFL could be doing more. And I've always said, you know, it's very difficult to go and uh, you know tell someone who runs a business how to run it when you don't own or run that business. Now, obviously, they can turn, they can put sanction on them because. Now, if you want to play in our league, this is the only league you can play in. You can't go and play in the Scottish Football League all of a sudden if you play if you if you're at Cheltenham, for example. Um, try and put um, try and put sanctions on them, but then that will still be a punishment for the fans anyway. Because if it's a money sanction, then there'll be even less money spent on players, possibly if it's a points deduction or a relegation. You know, for for doing things like not having a CEO or not having a manager or doing things like that, if if they could try and put regulation on that you still end up punishing the fans one way or another, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it is, it's a really difficult subject. I think it is just the build-up of you know clubs like us and Blackpool and Coventry just feeling like you're being let down by the organisation that you, you play for. You know, There's a lot of money in the EFL now, probably more than there ever has been, the, t- the amount of TV. You know, the Championship gets unbelievable amounts of press and praise for being in- an incredible division. And... And it, that stems all the way from League Two upwards, and I think when you're an organisation of that size, it's, I suppose you struggle. You've got another seventy odd clubs that you that are you know you're looking after as well. But they, these are big teams. These are big clubs with with history. They've all you know. You look at Blackpool. You look at us. You look at Coventry. You know Forest even to a point, and Blackburn. These are all clubs that have played in the Premier in the Premier League, and they've. For whatever reason, found themselves in the depths, and we we were we were bought by 
Du Chatelet in a, in a position of you know financial despair. Um, you can't really say that we're any better off now than we were then, really. When you look at it, I mean, yes, Du Chatelet is probably wealthy and has the money behind him, but he's not going to spend any of it. And I don't know. I I don't know what the what we can get the AFL to do to to help because it, it's just that that feeling of frustration of not feeling like you're being supported. Yeah, I think the trust went to them asking for some, I don't know if they've, they've published any answers from, from what they asked yet, but it's basically, um, you know, when, if they could be more open, for example, when they're doing some sort of fit and proper person's test, or if they're, you know, just to let the, the fans know, because obviously the fans are stakeholders in clubs, you know, in, in some clubs they're owners as well, but it, it, it means a lot to fans and, you know, Fans are the like. If there's no fans, there's no football league, you know. So they just feel that they could be a little bit more open. Uh, Sebo says that he actually taught Ben Hannum, uh, who we just had on the phone there, presumably to drive or to do the worm. One of the uh, one of the two. London <laughs> Giza said the Mads for it Giza originally had the hump. Uh, all right, okay. So the so the the guy on the train platform had the hump with uh, Jerusalem Giza uh, because apparently he was on his mobile phone and told Jerusalem to stop singing. <laughs> Which uh, I think you would have had. To, no one was getting getting him to stop singing yesterday. I did try on the, on the way home, but it didn't went to no avail. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's have one more quick break. We've still got the uh, the emails to read uh, and to look ahead to Tuesday's game here at the Valley against Peterborough. Great work from Tariq Fosu. Now it's forced to Kaski over here on this near side to take the corner. Swings it in. It's gone deep. Bowers at the far post. Gets ahead of there. Oh, it's okay. in! Patrick Bauer heads the ball down. Come on! Beyond Ian Lawler and into the back of the net for Charlton's opener. Oh, I can't believe that one in Terry Smith. The ball came in from Force Kaski at the back post. Bauer's able to beat his man. He just heads it down on the ground almost. Welcome back to Charlton Live. I remember that Terry Smith geezer that just mentioned in that jingle there before he went off to sun himself for what would seem to be about six years. Yeah, it's been, he's been gone for absolutely ages. Right, uh, let's have a look at the emails from yesterday's game. The first one uh, comes in from Chris Davin and it is a subject line poor. Back from a 10-hour round trip to Accrington. What to make of it overall? Disappointing. Probably seemed worse, though, as it was Accrington. No disrespect. No, actually rephrase that. Lots of disrespect to Accrington. We should be me- be beating that mob. We started poorly, scored a decent goal, uh, then made and missed a few chances. Once again, failed to hold on to a lead and ended up looking like we may lose it. Thought we suffered when Lapsley got taken off. His all energy. Poor Marshall is all over the place and not in a good way. His confidence is zero. He rarely beats his man, and when he does, he then falls over or loses the ball. It's sad to see the club. I love playing Accrington on equal footing in a league game. It shows how far we have fallen. Fought, to be honest, uh, what's love got to do Got to do with it? Uh, what's love mm. but a second-hand emotion? Love the drunk geezer singing Jerusalem at Accrington <laughs> Station and upsetting the weird local geezer highlight of the day. So, Matsurit certainly made his mark on yesterday's performance. Thanks for another song lyric. Uh, there, Chris Davin. I'm going to get caught out by those every week. I'm going to start singing them. I think a few <laughs> a few weeks into the into the season. But he says, I mean, it is, we mentioned earlier, it's just bizarre to think that we are on an equal footing and with Accrington. I mean, it shows how well they're doing and, and mm. fair play to them. And you know, they deserve to be in League One because they've played their way into League One. It's a very interesting club, Accrington Sandy, of course. Uh, but it, it just shows where we are 
Um, and you know, I think you know Sunderland will be playing them as well this season, but they'll be expecting to get out of division this season. Where uh, I'm not not certain that we will be as well. So it's, it's possibly more disappointing for us. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you've, also, you have got to remember, Accrington won the league last year in the same in the same league that Wickham and Luton were in, and uh, there was loads of plaudits for what Nathan Jones is doing down at Luton. Um, and you know, it, they, they've just John Common's got obviously a way of playing, and it works, and they're effective at it, and they're efficient at it. Um, something that we're not so at the moment. Um, I, I didn't think I'd ever see. At Quinton Stanley, only on the adverts, the who are they one, the famous yeah. advert. But you know, it is cliche at the moment, but it is what it is, and we've just mm. got. To, you can only beat what's in front of you, and we didn't yesterday. Yeah, I do like the fact that Quinton actually quite happy to live up to that reputation as the, as the mm. who are we. Uh, I went into the club shop before the game, and they had mugs with yeah. those exact words. Who who are, who are we exactly? All over it. I thought it was very very funny. But like I say they uh, they certainly gave us a good game yesterday, and we're, and we're, and we're uh, certainly deserving of their point, right? Mark Newbury's got involved. Same old, same old. He says, "Evening, chaps. Ever had a feeling of deja vu? We control the game, don't take our chances, and get punished for it. I've not known a couple of seasons like it. If it's a mental issue or a skill set, I'm not sure. But too often we are bemoaning not getting enough points from a game. And to be honest, I'd rather spend the last ten minutes of a game just lumping it into the stands and worrying about nice football. Uh, as we have a young, as we have a few younger lads now, we don't want them to start." to feel the dread of conceding late on as they try and dribble it away uh, when Rosette will do. Can't understand the dislike for Dylan uh, going on in the forums at the moment. He's not the worst we've uh, stuck in between the sticks and I believe he will become a really good keeper. Unfortunately, the crossbar uh, was set high last season with Amos uh, and I think uh, fans feel like he should uh, be the same. I'd rather stick with him than uh, than stick steering, uh, as I think too soon it will do his confidence. Hoping to get to Peterborough Tuesday if I convince Mrs. Chef to look after the boys solo. Cheers for Mark. I hope you can get down, uh, Mark. As I say, bring, bring him along. They'll love it. Um, now we're to talk about Dylan. I mean the the, the the goalkeeper question. I mean again, uh, did Dylan do much wrong yesterday? No, no. you made an unbelievable save <laughs> <laughs> just before they go. I mean. Oh, people like like he's like Mark's mentioned there the, the the bar was Amos I mean Amos didn't start last season that great did he really he yeah. grew into the season and it went on and you know Dylan he had a, he had an all right game up at Sunderland maybe people could say he could have done better about the goals up there but since then he hasn't he hasn't really put a foot wrong and I think all the other youngsters have seem seem to be getting all all the backing and the and the plaudits you know lapsing and stuff like that but Dylan's from that from that cut of the cloth he's in the same that same group of people and I don't think he's done a lot wrong at all it's nice to see him finally getting his chance he's been desperate to get the number one jersey for you know for quite a few seasons now so yes Jed steers in and he's a very good goalkeeper at championship level and I suppose people are thinking that he's going to become the new Ben Amos but while Dylan's doing what he's doing, what's the point in taking him out? Mm. We saw him getting iced up, didn't we, after the after the game yesterday? <laughs> I told, it was just all, we were waiting at the side of the pitch. Uh, we already interviewed Lee Bowyer, but we were waiting for Joe Rebo to come out. And uh, but you could just see out to where the coach was. I turned around, and there was a a bare backside in my face, about thirty <laughs> yards away. Uh, Dylan was getting iced up. But apparently, it's because it, the, the ground was quite hard and he was a bit bruised. Um, but yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Well, I found it interesting that Steer didn't play in the cup game during the week because I thought he would have got some minutes there to test him out. But mm. you know, I, I really, and we've mentioned, I really don't want Dylan to be dropped, and I, I haven't seen any reason to drop him just yet. So hopefully, um, ho- hopefully that won't be the case. Right, let's have a look ahead then. Um, it's a it's a quick turnaround. I mean, 
you, you know what you have to expect in, in, in the Football League. Obviously, in League One, you, you do get quick turnarounds with Tuesday night games. Got Peterborough coming at the Valley, but just, I mean, with our squad, the last thing you need is a game three days later, is it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, and, you know, like we've, like we've said earlier on, they're, they're sort of storming away at the top, early doors, I know, but they've looked convincing in all three of their opening fixtures. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough test. They're, they're a team that's done a lot of business over the summer. They've brought in, I think there was about 10 or 11 new signings. Um, and they're, they're all doing they're all doing bits. They've got a couple of really strong players. They've got Matty Godden, who we were looking at last year, never really um, put across. So, yeah, it's going to be a test. Um I'm sure, I don't know whether they you say that is there going to be changes, but I don't I don't know. <laughs> can we really change? Well, I was going to say, well, I mean, where where <laughs> can we freshen things up to help with tired legs? The likes of, for example, uh, the, the new boy Billet got was was cramping. Lapsley was cramping last week, and he just wondered if he was bought off ten minutes to go or fifteen minutes ago to prevent that happening this week. So he's got to play again on Tuesday, or you know, or do we try and freshen it up? But where where on earth do you freshen it up? I don't, I don't think you can. I don't. I mean, where where can you? I mean, you look at. You look at the the bench. I mean, is he going to put a shove of Jose in there? Is he going to put Rico in there? He's not. He, he won't. I think it'll be the same team. Um, I probably think it, it, he'd probably go with four at the back this time. I, I think. Um, but you, you can't. You can only put out your strongest eleven that you've got available to you, and he hasn't got that much available to him at the moment. So until what mid mid to end of October, unless we get anything else in. This is what we've got to work with. Mm. It's simply, you know, yeah, there's well, no getting around it. Yeah, apparently we might have three bodies back for the South End game, which mm. is still a couple of weeks ago uh, away uh, over at Roots Hall. Uh, so hopefully that will help. But like I say, I mean, that's a might, and we know with us, if we <laughs> rush a player back, they'll be out on their feet, and then they'll be out mm. for the rest of the season, knowing our luck. Um, you know, Peter Brewer, you know, lost Jack Marriott during the summer. Uh, you're thinking, oh, hopefully that means their goals will dry up. But they've, they've averaged three goals a game so far. It's got nine already this season. Mm. Uh, three three against Luton on uh, on yesterday three uh, one home win. They they lost a away game, uh, so they, they were their only away game so far. They won four one at Rochdale, uh, beat Bristol Rovers two one on the opening day as well. So we know. I mean, Peterborough have always been a team. I swear that score so many goals for the last mm. five or six years. They've always seemed to be a, a high scoring team. Now for us, you know, can we repel that? Because we've conceded in every game so far. We haven't kept a clean sheet. Yeah, exactly. And what worries me a little bit, to be honest, is Peter, Peterborough seemed to be, yes, the side that score a lot of goals. But back back then, they used to also concede a lot as well. So if they, mm. if they might score, you know, go on and win a game and score four goals, but they would have conceded three. Yeah, the same. Well, they, they haven't kept a clean sheet either. They conceded one in every game, so hopefully that'll be. But obviously, that's not. They, they haven't conceded to the level that they're. Yeah, that's. That I think that that's their weakness, and maybe why they've missed out on the on the top six or. Or making it uh, getting promoted over the last couple of seasons is the is mm. the leaking of the goals. But if they can shore that up this season, they're going to be a bit of a force. Mm. And um, and we're not scoring enough. Yeah. You know, we're not and we're not taking our chances. And you, that's that's where the uh, that's where the difference is going to lie on Tuesday. Well, who's going to be our danger win on Tuesday? I think Carlin's obviously in good form at the moment. Taylor has got a couple, but a couple of people said he looked off colour on, on Saturday. So, but uh, you're hoping that's that's going to be a case that he's going to be able to lift himself up again. Yeah, I think Joe. I think Joe is going to be. Um, I mean, they've got a good. They've got uh, Louis Reed. Um, Great name uh, from from um, what's the what's his face Sheffield United. So I think Joe Rebo. This could be a game where if we can win that midfield battle, battle we can do well. They've got. Uh, I think they've got Jason Cummins from Nottingham Forest on loan. It's a very good sign at this level. Um, it's going to be tough, but I, I'm confident on Tuesday. We always seem to turn up on these big games. We always do. So um, 
I'm confident, but I think Joe Eribo is going to be our danger man. Well, hopefully that'll be the the case, and Charlton can uh, find find a, a way to bounce back from a, a disappointing draw up at Accrington yesterday. Right, we've just about run out of time here on uh, on Charlton Live. Thank you for listening all the way through and uh, for your tweets and your emails and your forum posts as well. Thanks for getting involved. Uh, it's always uh, it's always good to have your your say on on our show. So thanks for that, Nathan. Thank you for coming in. I right, see you Thursday, mate. Yeah, uh, Lewis, thanks for having your first no appearance worries, of, the sh- of the season. Yeah, uh, I've been Louis Mendes. This has been Charlton Live. Like I say, thank you for listening. Let's hope that Charlton can get back to winning ways uh, when we return to the Valley on Tuesday. Charlton Live. Charlton Live. <laughs>